In this episode, Biko invites Jimmy Smith, a seven-figure Amazon seller and coach with over 100,000 products sold online in the last few years. Jimmy has built his business on selling replenishable products and teaches this business model. We'll examine how Biko's repricer can make a difference for his replenish business and what the best repricing rules are to set based on using inventory, sales, and buy box win percentage. If you're interested in selling Amazon FBA arbitrage or retail arbitrage using the replenish business model, this is the episode for you. Check it out. Welcome to the next Amazon Top Seller Podcast. Stay updated with the latest Amazon news and learn the nitty gritty of selling on Amazon through Be Cool's ears of expertise in the Amazon world. I'm Samuel and I am the host of this podcast brought to you by the fantastic Amazon experts in Be Cool. Let's start our journey to become the next Amazon Top Seller. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on our show today. We have Jimmy Smith. He's an owner of five different businesses. He's a seven-figure Amazon seller, and he's trained tens of thousands of students. He also has a best-selling book on Amazon, and he also has a podcast called the Biblical Business Leaders Podcast, and also a Facebook group of the same name. So we welcome Jimmy to our show today. Yeah, thank you, Samuel. So excited to be on here. I really appreciate it. We actually recently hit a pretty big milestone in our business too. We crossed $5 million in sales since we started. It's not per year. We still do over a million dollars a year in sales, but a pretty cool milestone to hit. Here's excited to talk to you today. Yeah, that's huge. Like to be able to continue to grow your business while teaching the courses, uh, while training other students as well and coaching them. So today we're going to jump in and do a quick overview of Equal. Jimmy's, he's the expert here. He's done different walkthroughs from different software. And I'm just going to join and talk a little bit about Bequel. And we're going to have a, a Firestone chat. And he can ask me questions and I'm going to ask him questions. So there's going to be a lot of value today from our uh, discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. There's so many different software programs out there for Amazon sellers. And I see good information. I see bad information. And the things that I've seen from Be Cool recently has been pretty exciting to say the least. I mean, there's so many different features that you've added and I've seen a lot of replen sellers, Amazon sellers using it. So I'm excited to get in here and kind of just get that overview too, uh, so that I can get some more information about it for the people that I train and uh, be able to, to show the replens perspective on the software as well. All right. Well, let's dive right in. You know, Jimmy, uh, he's welcome to take control whenever he wants and he can ask me more about some of the features. Yeah, so I, I'm going to do what you do because you go through different tabs and you talk about the dashboard. So I'm going to start out with that as well. Just to show everyone, uh, this is Bequal's dashboard. And we have your AI sales here on the top. And then we also have a graph here as well. And then you know the benefit of this is you're able to see uh, which type of listings you have, You know whether you're using uh, the rule base are uh, the AI powered or our new conditional repricing listing, which I'm going to go a lot more in detail. You could actually compare the three by the number of orders they're getting, you know, the buy box win percentage, um, and also, you know, sales as well. This is our dashboard here. And then when you move down here, you also have the uh, best selling units and also the best buy box wins. You can actually see all that right in our software. J Jimmy, do you have any comment in this area? Any yeah, I did have a question. Uh, for best-selling units, is that based off of total sales volume or orders, or what is that specifically? It's based on your sales. Yes, okay. Based on your sales, and then the best buy box wins is the ones you have the highest buy box. Yeah. So if you want to know what products you should invest more into, you know you want to go out and replenish more of those products. And then Perfect. moving down here, everyone can see is we have a listing overview, and what's unique about this is you could also see the listings that your competitor is selling below your min prices. Yeah, so mm. Jimmy, I, I wanna ask from your experience, usually when that happens, uh, what, what should a seller do like for those type of listings if the competitor is below your min? Yeah, so it, it really varies. So for our perspective, since we do replen selling, so typical arbitrage selling for anybody that doesn't know what that is, we, we are buying stuff from either retail stores or online stores at full price and selling them on Amazon, either typically in two or three packs or in bundles for more. And so 
with that type of selling, it's going to be a little bit different than maybe if you're doing wholesale competing against two or three other sellers. Uh, so if you're doing arbitrage, typically what I say is if it's less than 30 days since you've sent it in, you should pretty much just leave it alone uh, just because there's so many price fluctuations that can happen. For us, we traditionally are going to, once it gets over 30 days um, old of inventory, then we're going to check on the Keepa chart to see kind of what the, the price fluctuations in history uh, would look like. So if we look at a Keepa chart and it's showing us the old uh, pricing has done this regularly and it should bounce back, then we'll leave it. But if we see that there's a bunch of new sellers that have jumped on and the price is starting to drop, then we get a lot more aggressive in our repricing. Okay, that makes perfectly sense. So using the Keepa charts, looking at the historic prices and the number of offers and new sellers that are coming in uh, to mm -hmm. make the best business decision be realistic. And what you could also see on here is we also have a tab called the listed listings. What are your thoughts about the listed listing? What should you do about them? Yeah. So from delisted, can you explain that a little bit further for me, just so I can fully understand what you mean by that? Sure. So did you like, is it closed or is, are they things that are just completely gone or what? Yeah. So for the listed listing, uh, usually we'll pull into the list of listing uh, from Amazon if there's a pricing error on Amazon. And then it, this way, that listing no longer is shown. Uh, so you need to go into Amazon. You got to fix the pricing error and then, then okay. you could react and then reactivate the listing. So if that has to deal with pricing errors, um, typically for us, we've got our own, uh, I guess, standard operating procedure that we abide by. And we typically will go in and, and manually deal with those. Sometimes Amazon, um, you know, accepts our changes to the pricing, but sometimes they don't. So um, is there a specific strategy, I guess? And I really don't know. Is there a specific strategy with Be Cool that will help with that kind of stuff? Yes. For Be Cool, um, our recommended strategy is once a listing is in the delisted listing tab, uh, you would go into Amazon into the pricing error, and then, then you must insert a min price and a max price inside mm -hmm. Amazon. And then, then um, our strategy is to have our repricer, uh, the price that you put for your min or max would be within what you've put into Amazon. And then, then once uh, you have set it up, and of course, the, usually what we've seen is the high pricing error. Yeah, so we actually have a competitor analysis uh, tool uh, in our BeQual software, uh, which will show you the top 20 in this post from uh, Amazon. So if you see the competitor with the highest price on here, if you change your high price to that or close to that, then you're much less likely to be uh, delisted. And also, um, you have to check the non-Amazon competitive price. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's our strategy to deal with the list of listing. Yeah, and okay. we feel it's really important because... If it's the listed, then you know you're not you're not generating any revenue from that listing, and that's going to affect your business. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have been pretty pretty strict with our repricing and our mins and maxes, so that we don't we actually don't get a ton of repricing errors. I think. I mean, we typically have about a thousand active SKUs, and maybe at one time we'll have five or six pricing errors. So we're pretty good at keeping up with them. The ones that we can't get rid of usually are because it's just, uh, I don't know if there's something in the back end of the system or if it's because Amazon wants it at an extremely low price, but that's really cool that this, um, that, that'll show that in here so that you can do it all within the, uh, the repricer side of things. Okay. Um, for, for the next tab here is our listing tab. And, um, what is unique about it is like, you can, we have a profit calculator as well. Uh, where you put your ROIs, your estimated profit, estimated product for individual listing. So you could do this through individual, like when you're setting your mins. Uh, for example, let's say I got a keyboard and a mouse and I put it together as a package. And then I want to sell at least a 35% you know, percent ROI. And then, then my product cost of that, you know, with the keyboard, the mouse, maybe it's $15. Uh, so you know, I'm, I want to make at least a 35% profit. Then I can... I could generate that here. My cost is $15. And then my, I'm, looking, I'm looking to make a 35% ROI. This will help me calculate all my fees I got to pay. And then, then that's my price for my MIM price. Okay, for this listing, this is a test account. So uh, you know, it, it has to be lower than your max price. So there's some safeguards. So it's 29.38 for the MIM but I need to go change my max prices first yeah, because obviously your max price should be higher. Um, typically for the ROI, Jim, like what, what do you set for the max prices? 
What do you suggest so, your students? So yeah, that's where I'm a little bit different than a lot of a lot of people. So for max prices, typically wherever we send it in at, we are pretty good with Keepa. And so if the historical buy box price says 20 bucks, our max price is I, I do $20, I add $4 to it. So that it'll, it'll have a decent max price because we're usually pretty set on what we want our prices for. So we actually don't mess around with the ROI settings too much because it can it can really throw off something. Like let's say have a maximum ROI of 200% for something. Well, if I get something for a dollar, well then that that's going to put my maximum at a $2 profit when maybe I can make five or $6 on it. So I typically will set it up as whatever our current price is that we're sending it in at our maximum price is $4 higher. And our minimum price is a dollar lower than that price, uh, at least just to do an okay. upload for, for hundreds. My question is, do you have like an estimated um, amount of profit that you need to make from this product? Like, Our you... average ROI is 70%. Oh, wow. Helps. 70%. Yeah. Okay. That's huge. Yeah. Okay. You could definitely just change the max price right here, right away. Like, let's say we use the example of the keyboard and the mouse and that's uh, $15 and then um, our costs. Uh, but then uh, if you look at the historic prices on Keepa, it's maybe $45. Then we could put it at $49 here. And then, then using, you know, this analogy that you said, uh, then we minus, um, you know, for the min price, uh, we, we set it, let's say, okay, maybe it was like $30 or something like that. Yeah. And then, then you set up the rule and then you press save, uh, then it starts repricing. Um, okay. Now you can also do that as well for bulk. I, I can search by ASIM, by SKU or by title. Uh, this will pull up all the different camera case that I have in my listing. And then I can set them by bulk. I can select all of them and I can set the min and max prices for them or the rule. I can also, uh, I can set the min and max. And then here I can put it based on, you know, your price, uh, fixed price, profit, different choices here. And I can set a specific rule as well. We work together with inventory lab. Yeah. We're, uh, we're fully integrated. We integrate, uh, the costs from them. And we're actually the only repricer that you could also upload the mins and max, which I'll show you in the upload. Yeah. And we're the first ones who did the integration with inventory lab. Uh, and we wow. just did a webinar together as well. Yeah. So, awesome. uh, so this is um, in the general settings, the top part here, these are all the listings, the existing listings that has been synchronized uh, into your account. The bottom part is the new listings that has just been downloaded from Amazon. Yeah. And we recommend people to check them and you can check by the date created to see when they came, came in and then uh, to make sure the prices are correct, especially the min price. Do you have any questions um, about this part? Yeah. Anything you want to see or? Um, nothing in particular right now. I mean, it looks fairly straightforward. There are a lot yeah, very, of, a lot of very standard, fairly straightforward. Yeah. I do like that you have so many different filters over there so that you can easily see uh, whatever you want to see if it is missing a cost or missing a rule or missing something um, because a lot of repricers don't have that uh, flexibility and that many filters. Yeah. So that's pretty nice. And you could actually create your own filter too as well. We hmm. allow you to create your own filter. And then, so there's competitive below min price. And these are the filters that are presets. And then these filters down here are variables. So one of the most useful filters that we talk to people about is, you know, you go to the estimate profit and you could see which products that you're not earning money. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, then from those listings, you can decide what you want to do, whether you want to raise your min prices. This helps you check to make sure that, you know, you, you're repricing correctly. That's a, that's a quick general overview of some of the general features, the repricing rules. Yeah. I know, right. I know you have a lot of, you know, feedback about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you go to the repricing rule tab, and then when you add the new rule, when you come in on our interface, you're going to have AI powered, uh, rule based, and also conditional repricing. Which one do you would you like me to quickly go through first? Because yeah, and I, so, I can just tell you the difference between the three of them. Yeah, uh, I'd like to hear the difference between the three. So typically, just for anybody watching, that you know, typically I've done rule based, and that's what I've always done for various reasons. But I know in, in talking uh, to you further and in watching some of the other videos that you've done, there's a lot of power actually in true artificial intelligence uh, versus uh, what has typically been done, which is algorithmic. Um, and so I'm interested in that. And then obviously the conditional is is new, and I'm excited to see kind of the the differences there too. Okay. 
Well, let me just quickly go through here. And then so for rule base, uh, this is pretty standard. So the difference between these preset ones compared to the AI is the presets will keep following the same rule. So it'll keep like, for example, <coughs> target the lowest price. It would, you know, it would keep targeting the FBA prices, the lowest, and then go buy a certain amount. And you can set to raise it. I, I know what I've seen a lot. What you do, you like to match the buy box. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to sell at the low price. Uh, you mm -hmm. want to sell at a suitable price. You know what? What to keep a chart, something that's people are willing to pay for. The main difference here, I wanted to, to point out. So I'm just going to do a, a test. I'm going to just call it the Jimmy Smith rule, <laughs> just, <laughs> just for just for our uh, audience here. For rule base, you can select who the competitors are. So. Um, if, if you're very experienced, if you know, then this is, this is suitable because you get a lot more custom features. And what's unique about us, you could also exclude certain sellers. Let's say um, me and my bunch of my friends go out and we buy like 200 products and we don't want to compete with each other. So then mm. we can exclude the seller uh, that you want. So you're not mm. competing with uh, specific people you want to exclude. And then of course, there's more settings here. You could also exclude certain type of sellers. Uh, typically lower than 80%. Do you have any questions so far for the rule base? Because like, I think this is, this is standard that you've seen in a yeah. lot of uh, other repricers. Yeah, it's very standard for, for us. We do reprice differently against Amazon and we replace differently than uh, fulfilled by merchants. So that's how we have our custom rules set up. But typically, yeah, uh, FBA, we will compete against the buy box on. How do you set it? We go 3% below Amazon if we ever compete. Now, typically we aren't competing against Amazon. We usually avoid them, but we've seen for whatever reason, if it's one or 2% below, they'll match it. Sometimes if it's 3% below, they'll still match it. But once you get to 3%, if you only have a couple, they'll sometimes just let you have the buy box and sell out of it. You could do for FBA. So you can select who to compete against and you know, okay. using a percentage or also a price. Yeah. And then, then we also have a scheduler. Um, feature, I think. Um, and this is what happens when you stay in the buy box. Um, I, I know you can raise it or lower it or, or also match the prices. Yeah. So, you know, this, we have these different uh, adjustments or you can also use the max price. So for us, this is pretty standard. And then we also have a uh, price change safety net. If you don't want to go down by a certain percentage, like if you just want to, you know, limit your price to go down by, you know, how much. And then, then for the scheduler, you can set you know, different times. I know you talk a little bit about this um, when you're doing your over. Why should people pause their repricing? For me, it's, it's something that's hard to really track to see if it actually helps. But to me, it makes sense to pause it and even reprice a, a lot of items up by just everything goes up by a penny or five pennies or a percent or whatever you want it to be. Because whenever you do that, if you do it between like 2 a.m. to 2.30 in the morning, everything reprices and it kind of just re-triggers the algorithm. Um, in my experience, Amazon likes to see activity. Uh, and so if you just have constant activity on, on all your listings, that's helpful, but especially ones that might be um, stale, you know, maybe something that hasn't be, been repriced for a few days because it's at its minimum or at its maximum. Just having that movement can sometimes help um, with the buy box a little bit. If you have maybe less than 10, 11 competitors, this might work. Uh, and then, then you're trying to reset your pricing floor by manually adjusting the price. You know, your price, you add a cent or two hours or you go to your max price and then you price down from that. Is it works when there's maybe less than 10, 11 competitors? But if there's more than that, there's bound to be someone who's going to take the price <laughs> who still has available stock. We had this uh, rule base for maybe uh, eight, nine years and we continue to add new features to it as well. Yeah. And then what's new is let's say the AI powered ones. And then the, the difference about this is maybe you have to go buy down by 3% against Amazon, maybe against other FBA, you might to go down by a penny. So uh, the AI will take those things in consideration. For AI, we have five different AI rules, uh, depending on your sales and also your profits. And the main difference, um, because you know, AI gets thrown out around a lot. Like you hear, oh, this is an AI algorithmic rule. Like, well, what does that mean, right? Like the, the, main, the main difference uh, against rule base, uh, so for rule base, it's all these things that have been already set up. So it keeps on acting the same way. It's going to go up by a penny every time. It's going to go down by 3% every time uh, mm -hmm. when you're competing against Amazon, or, or maybe I'll match the buy box every time. For AI, uh, there's a machine learning. 
it it learns the whole Amazon ecosystem, like the way all the listings work there, and then then it goes into an individual level for the ASIN, and then there's a machine learning which optimizes the price. So we have five different AI rules depending on whether you want to uh, focus more on sales or maybe if you want to do more profits. Let's say for the replens, got ten competitors on there. There's not a huge amount of competitors. Uh, maybe you know, put on the AI equalizer to have an equal amount of sales and profits uh, if you're using replens. Uh, but if you want to liquidate, uh, you might use AI sales maximizer. Uh, then that's going to put you closer to your min price. Uh, so uh, if you use AI profit maximizer, then this is going to help you actually do incrementally reprice. You know, there's a lot of experts. There's people um, like you, Jimmy, like you really know your listing well. You really know what works. Uh, but for a lot of people, they're new. Uh, the AI sales maximizer, it's, there's, there's a lot less steps. So you don't need to pick who your competitors are. Uh, you don't need to know what happens. Like once you get the buy box, you, you want to raise the price or lower the price uh, or how it behaves when you try to get the buy box. Uh, so, so that's for us, like that's, that's how we see it. Do you have any questions about this? No, I don't have any questions. I, I love the ideas behind it. It's something that's newer for me, obviously. So uh, part of it's going to be uh, continuing to see the success of other people. Like I've seen, you know, a lot of people start to use this and, and love this part of your program. So I'm excited about it. It's uh, like I said, something that's newer to me. I think in the past I had done algorithmic repricing, not true AI. And that's where we had some issues. And I know I get this question a lot and I, I never really know how to answer it uh, just because of my experience in it. Um, but I know a lot of people think that algorithmic repricing will kind of automatically reduce your, your price to the minimum price. I assume because of these different uh, you know, options that you have, if I were to do profit maximizer, that's going to be less likely to happen versus if I'm doing the sales maximizer, it's going to be more likely to happen. But any information on, on that issue? Like when you pick the profit maximizer, the way that the AI work is going to uh, lower by different amounts to help you get the buy box. But if you use the AI sales maximizer, it's going to go down to, to get the buy box as fast as it can, because you're trying to emphasize on sales. But for profit maximizer, it's going to be more focused on profit. And typically you would put this on uh, maybe high ticket items or maybe on items that uh, maybe you don't have a lot of available stock. And then, so then, then it's going to go down slowly, incrementally, uh, until it helps you get the buy box, then as now once you get the buy box, then that's the difference. Like for the AI sales maximizer, it'll keep you closer to the min price in attempt to keep the buy box. But for AI profit maximizer, it's going to aggressively go and bring your price up. And then the difference, the difference, if you want to check whether they have true AI or or it's the same, you know, algorithmic rule is you could check the amounts that it reprices by. If it's always the same amount then it means that it's just following a set rule. But if it goes up by different amounts, so for example, the AI profit maximizer, depending on who the competitor is, like it might go up by four cents, it might go up by six cents, it might go up by a dollar, by different amounts. And that's because the AI has learned that ASIN. You can maximize your net profits yeah, when you're using AI because uh, it would help you, uh, depending on, what you pick, it would help you to increase your price faster mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do, or it'll help you get more sales. How do I avoid selling it too low? One is you can have a higher min price, right? <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a given, right? And the other yeah. is uh, with a conditional repricer that uh, now we, we just launched, you can now reprice according to the market conditions. For example, uh, you have a, a product that sells out super fast, faster than you expected, you can now raise the price or you can uh, change it to a different rule. Yeah, let's do a, a walkthrough on some of that because I that this, is, this is something that can save a lot of time and be a lot more accurate too than the current processes that we have, which is a little bit different for inventory age. But yeah, the liquidation side of things um, is kind of where we have an issue sometimes. So, uh, okay. you know, something that maybe has been there a little too long, it'd be nice to have that switch over. So I, I'm excited to see this. All right. Uh, for example, when the inventory age is greater than 90 days, right, then mm -hmm. you, can, you can either reset the rule, you can reset to different AI rules or rule base, 
up to you. You can, and then you can set the rule. Uh, you know, this is by the rules. You could also use the rule or buy your min price. You can reset your min price and break even. So just using the, you know, the keyboard and the mouse, it was $15 and I put the ROI to 0%, then it's going to give me the ROI, including all the fees I have to pay Amazon. And then, uh, then it's going to help me go to 0% break even. Um, I could also change this by estimated profit. Uh, for example, maybe I, I need to make at least $3. Yeah. But now after 90 days, I'm, I might be willing to just, you know, make $2, you know, I could also do that as well. So you could actually reset the min price. You could also change your price. So you could, you know, go to your min price plus a certain amount. You can take the buy box price, uh, minus or plus a certain amount or a percentage as well. Uh, you could also go to the lowest price on the listing. So you could also go to your max price, fixed prices. We have um, 18 different conditions. Uh, wow. And you could use it for both FBA and also for FBM. And this is designed by sellers. We interviewed a lot of uh, sellers. They want to save time. Yeah, so there's three types of conditions. One is the inventory age. And then the inventory age related ones is let's say the estimated excess. Like let's say you start getting long-term storage fees, then you might need to put the ROI negative because mm -hmm. you want to just quickly, those can all pile up. If you have a large number of listings, uh, you, right. you're probably paying 15 cents each if it's uh, if the long-term storage fees kick in. Uh, so, so these are all the inventory related conditions. And then, then you have the sales related conditions. And then for the sales-related conditions, uh, these are like the units sold, uh, the units sold percentage. We recommend using the units sold. Then you can select seven days, 14 days, 30 days. So let's say you got a replan product. Usually you sell like five of them per week and you sell on a monthly basis, you sell 20 of them. Uh, now, now, if it goes lower than what you expected and you can do some settings, if it goes higher than that, uh, then you can... You know, maybe raise your price, or maybe you can change it to a, a more profit-driven rule. And the last one here is regarding your prices. So the buy box wins. Uh, it could be if the listing has been at the min price for a long time. And then um, also, let's say uh, you know the, the, the listings that do not win the buy box. So you can, so these are all like more pricing focus. Yeah. So those are like a you know just a quick overview uh, and. Of, of all the different conditions. It's like, a, and then talking about the inventory, I'm just going to go back and just quickly show you in that specific case. Uh, this is, you can select inventory conditions and we'll call this the liquidation strategy. Is there something you recommend your students? Like how much percentage should they go down by or, or like, like what, what, when do they start, should they start reducing their price or liquidating? So it, it depends. There's a few different caveats. Typically, I would, if I just had to pick a date, it'd be after 60 days. Um, but we do have different rules that that are a system that we have for our, our students that is zero to 30 days and 30 to 60 days, depending on excess units that Amazon expects that will be excess, then you can start to reprice a little bit more aggressively if Amazon and or your repricer thinks that there's excess units. Um, but once it's over 60 days old in Amazon's warehouse, then it's time to start getting rid of it. Okay. Okay. So in this specific case, like you can go to 61 and, and 90 days. And then if I have a more aggressive rule-based rule that I've set up, I can do that as well. Yeah. And then, so I'm going to, let's say, put it, I'm just going to use AI because uh, for, and I'm going to reset maybe my ROI, maybe I'll, maybe let's say it was 70%. Now I'm willing to part with it for 50%. And I can add another condition. Like I can add, uh, you talked about excess, estimated excess units. Mm -hmm. And then let's say it's greater than like two units. Then I can, I can set this up. So mm -hmm. only when this condition happened, then it would reset my min price. Uh, I could also change this by my available quantity as well. So I can set this as, let's say I have quantities, you know, uh, tip, uh, larger than you know, 10 units in my, that I have, then it, then this will trigger that rule that, so, th so you can do that. 
uh, depending on the inventory. And then, um, yeah, so th this is for inventory uh, planning and there's different liquidation strategies that you can use with it. Typically we see people, you know, once it passes 90 days, we see people going to lower their ROI even further. And then, mm -hmm. so you, you can just do that. Um, and could you tell us what are replens that, that you always mention in your courses? And if you haven't <laughs> seen Jimmy's course, definitely check it out. You know, go to the proven Amazon course. He also has other courses and he also offers one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, and this is from a guy who has real sales, $5 million in the last few years. What's a replen? Yeah, it's a great question. I get asked that all the time. A, a replen, the, the most simple way to think about it is it's something that you are able to replenish as a seller over and over again. So it doesn't necessarily mean that a buyer is going to be buying this one product all the time. It's just that you though, as a seller are going to be buying it and just selling it to different people. So like uh, Oreos could be a replenishable product, but so could something like a fan remote control, right? So maybe I only buy one fan remote control, but Samuel buys a fan remote control and somebody else buys a fan remote control. But as a seller, I just sold three different ones and I can do that You know, each week. We are buying things from retail stores or online stores, uh, whether it's in person or, or online. So you can actually outsource this and use prep centers. You can use virtual assistants. Uh, you can do this all yourself. And um, the book that I that I wrote uh, is called Side Hustle, The Full-Time Income. And uh, you can have it be a $20,000 a month thing, or you can have it be $100,000 a month. It's up to you. Um, and so that's, that's the beauty of the model is you can really take a traditional arbitrage approach, but you can scale it much easier because as these are replenishable for the seller, that means that you can start building multiple streams of income, right? Each, each ASIN that I get, each new SKU is essentially a new small stream of income that gets added into our business. There will be times when things fall off because they're no longer profitable and other sellers jump on, uh, as is the case with arbitrage. But the point is you can still scale and build uh, on that. So um, yeah, all of the information for any of the stuff that I've done is at my website at askjimmysmith.com. And, uh, or you can look up my book or any of that stuff. The Proven Amazon course is also a link there at my website too, if, you, if you'd like to look at that as well. That's a very detailed explanation of what replens <laughs> is. Do you usually need to go out and get a lot of stock or you just get one month stock, one, one month of sales? Like when you're going out to source these replens, like yeah, what, so, what's the uh, characteristic? Yeah, if we're buying uh, to if we're buying a new product, so let's say we've never sold it before and it's new, we'll typically test depending on the Keepa chart because we make all of our de decisions based off Keepa. Um, but depending on that chart, we'll typically test anywhere between two to ten um, new sellers. I recommend testing between two to six. And if they, you know, if we have six units sell out in a week, well, then the next week we'll go and buy, you know, twelve to fifteen. Because we know that, okay, it sold a lot, so we'll go buy more and, and sell more. Typically, we try to keep 30 days of inventory at one time. Uh, so our, our traditional uh, turnover is 30 days. Uh, whenever we look at Seller Central, um, that's really good for our IPI score too in Amazon. Uh, but there are those items that will go beyond 30 days to 60 or 90. Um, oddly enough, with the supply chain issues, that kind of makes it harder for us to keep uh, in stock of different things right now, but that's a common problem between any business. So uh, for us, so it's, it's traditionally 30 days is what we see. I want to just show you like for days of supply. Now we've established what replens are. We know that you want to get about 30 days. Uh, you do a test buy as well. Uh, so, um, you know, with, with Jimmy system, you, you build up like Lego blocks. Yeah. And then this way, you know, you're controlling the risk within a certain, uh, you know, margin. You could select days of supply. Um, th th these are these are three default ones that we have. For the IPI score, um, there's a sell-through rate condition as well. Uh, and typically, if you have a higher volume inventory, um, and also on April 15th, um, recently, Amazon made some new announcement where if you have products that haven't sold in six months, they will actually automatically dis discharge the product unless you opt out mm -hmm. uh, and uh, lot, units that have long-term storage fees uh, after a year. So, uh, you know, the sulfur rate conditions, you know, pre to prepare yourself for the prime day um, that's coming up soon. Like this is, this is for the IPI score. So, you know, if, if you're concerned with that for the days of supply conditions, uh, which is for 
Uh, typically, you can use it for replens. If I only have between one and 30 days, then I can actually adjust it. I can make it to you know AI profit maximizer, or I can change it to a profit-focused rule-based rule that I've set up earlier. Typically, um, for days of supply, like for replens, we would recommend if it's not a seasonal product. So there's no big spikes. Yeah, because uh, it takes some consideration to calculate the days of supply of the product that you still have left. Uh, we know a lot of people who want to have a little bit more control. They, they would actually use the advanced conditions here. My question to you, Jimmy, is what do you do if you have a replen and you're not winning the buy box and it's not selling? We typically take a more manual approach and that's where we'll go and check out the listing and see why. Sometimes it can be um, you know, a pricing issue. Maybe somebody's way cheaper. Maybe there's a seller that came on and they have a thousand units or something ridiculous. And so Amazon isn't sharing it as nicely uh, with us. Um, or sometimes it's just we evaluated the keep a chart wrong or one of our, our uh, shoppers or purchasers did anyway. And uh, we just need to adjust it because of that. Um, traditionally, though, it comes down to having to lower the price to try to get the buy box, unfortunately. But, you know, that's, that's part of it. At the end of the day, sales is more important. So what you can do now uh, with the conditional repricing is you can go and you can click on the listings that did not win the buy box. Mm -hmm. Let's say for four days. Uh, and the other condition... Uh, is the listing that did not win the buy box is uh, the unit sold because that's the, that's the most important. So the unit sold. So let's say for the last seven days, you have sold less than, let's, let's say you sold zero. Okay, let's just, I mean, extreme, extreme scenario. Let's say you usually sell five units per week, but now you've only sold two. You might try to match the buy box price to see if you get more sales. Maybe you might need to make some minor adjustments. Like maybe you might need to use, you know, buy box. Maybe you need to minus like two cents. And then, then you just repeat the process. So, so our goal here is trying to match the buy box price is not trying to lower your price. Yeah. Right. And then, and, and then of course we have a or condition when none of the above condition is met, you can set it to a steal or default rule. So it could still it could still be a rule based rule that you have set up, or it could be uh, a AI. Uh, typically, we like to put AI equalizer uh, just just so it's uh, because this is a product that we know that usually sells uh, hmm. for for a certain price. So that's why we that's why we pick it like that. So for replens, my question to you, Jimmy, is usually what 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 do you do if your replen sells out? Like it's going to sell out quickly. Like, let's say uh, you, you bought 30 of them uh, for your month supply, but it's about to sell out. Like in that scenario, what do you usually do? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if we can buy more, obviously that's, that's what we try to do. Um, for the most part, though, we just let them sell out. You know, for us, we'd rather have the cash flow than to, um, you know, really raise up the price. But if we know for some reason, like, We've had some things with uh, the supply chain issues. This actually was a wholesale scenario, but they ran out of stock. And so once we knew that, we changed our repricer so that it would be a higher price because we knew that as people sold out, we would uh, be at a higher price for those specific products. It's a cash flow business. So we're trying to sell as much as we can without undercutting people in the buy box, unless you know there's some reason like it's you know 90 days old or something. We just sell out of the product and try to find more. The goal is to get more turnover, right? Like mm -hmm. that's so you keep on turning the products, and that's why Amazon's a great business because uh, you don't have to put upfront like huge amounts of money to start. Right. And, and um, this and what you've mentioned that uh, th this is what usually large sellers do. Uh, mm -hmm. like, like they go out and they purchase more of it if it's selling, and then they don't <laughs> yeah. really change the rules too much, right? Like I, I understand that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but we we made this for for large sellers like you. And also for small sellers as well. I've interviewed some large sellers and they said, you know, it'd be nice if I could raise my price, but I don't have time to go into the system. Like I, I'm right. too busy. I'd rather, you know, I'll ask my VA or I'll, I'm going to source, I'm, I'm going to spend more time sourcing. I have other stuff I have to do. So what you could do is let's say the available quantity, it's less than, uh, you know, maybe five units. And, you know, the, the units sold the last seven days is over 
usually maybe you get it's over is is it's greater than ten, or maybe it's greater than five. So and you know that uh, you might not be able to go out and get the product with the supply issues. Mm-hmm. Then in this specific case, you know you can either you could go to your max price minus a certain amount or a certain percentage. You can put it like you know if you you can put it to um, you could put it to an AI rule, which is focused on profits. You could reset the min price of your min higher. Hmm. So let's say you had 70%. Now we do it at 100%. And then uh, this way, it would kind of slow down the sales while you go and replenish it. Uh, so you're still getting that sales turn. You're still getting the turnover, but you know this product is going to sell based on the Keepa chart. But you know that it's going to sell out. Uh, there's a big demand for it. And then, so then you actually could raise the price yeah, to slow it down a little bit. And then um, you just set it up one time and you can just apply it to different ones. And of course, when none of the above conditions are met, again, you can use the, uh, whichever rule that you usually use for that. So you can okay. still use that rule. The main difference like between the conditional repricing and rule-based and AI is you know, you're able to set up different scenarios like uh, liquidation or inventory-based and take advantage of the advanced automation and you could change the rules. Hmm. So you could change AI rules. You could also change rule-based rules. So if you have a rule that you usually set up to maximize your prices, this is going to save time because you have some more automations which you can set up. And yeah. um, you'll have less dead stock. Like you know, in 90 days, if you have a liquidation strategy in place, you're able to auto-switch rules and you're also to automatically change your prices for your min price, which can help you uh, get more profits. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. You said that that's correctly. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Real, so, real quick uh, question. Since yeah, no there, are, there are so many different options. What is, so anybody that's new to this, even for me, uh, you know, I might get into here and be a little bit overwhelmed. So how do you uh, handle kind of the setup of all these different options? Um, is it just through a support ticket or something like that? Or do you have a different type of a, a setup structure? The first way is you can, watch the real life scenarios that we shared about uh, in our launch that we just did on YouTube. So we have a step-by-step tutorial. We have an onboarding webinar every two weeks and Mm -hmm. we'll teach you how to do the setup and you could actually put your question in there. So we have some best practices based on what we've seen from large sellers, uh, but it's not for everybody because everybody's business model is a little bit different, but but usually usually they have a liquidation strategy in place. Mm Uh, so after, you know, 90 days, uh, you know, then, then they start, maybe they might need to adjust the prices. Uh, and then there's a three replen rule that you could apply. If you're, if you use Jimmy's model, which is more about matching the price, getting you higher sale, getting your higher prices for your product, uh, mm-hmm. then, then you could apply those first. Uh, and then of course we also have live chat. Yeah. So you can, if you have some general questions, you, we have a live chat. Uh, that is from uh, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the Pacific uh, time zone. For more advanced questions, definitely send us a support ticket, like at support at bequal.com. Uh, you tell us your scenario, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll help you figure it out. Yeah, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of different support options that you can do. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I know, I know that I get a... A lot of people that uh, you know are brand new to Amazon, and so that's why they're trying to learn from the stuff that I teach. But this might be real overwhelming uh, to somebody that you know is uh, just starting on the platform for sure. So that's good to know that you have so many different options. Um, and it's I know that you're active too on your YouTube channel, so um, you know the the Be Cool channel is is very helpful for sure. Jimmy, do you have any other questions? And I'll be I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. The only other question that came up um, at one point when we were going through it is with the dates of the items. Um, I know that I, like a lot of refund sellers will sell grocery type products or things that expire. Maybe it's supplements or something like that. As things get in, if it's been over 60 days um, or how, how do you track that? Okay. Um, we, we go by like uh, the ASIN. We pull the report from Amazon uh, financial reports. Yeah, so uh, it's directly linked to Amazon. It's based on that specific ASIN. So let's say you you care about the storage. Let's say the IPI score. So that's based on the sulfur rate for that specific ASIN or maybe for the inventory, what you mentioned, like the perishable items. If you set 
the stock, let's say for 30 days, uh, then uh, in Amazon, when it's considered inventory, uh, then that's when it starts counting. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so let's say I have uh, a tropical product I'm selling is going to expire over a certain time or a grocery item, as you mentioned, then you mm -hmm. can set the inventory to how many days and then you start repricing. And it's going to be based on uh, the data that we receive from Amazon. Okay. Yeah, so perfect. So for, so for that specific replenishment, right? So yeah. I, was, I just wanted to make sure, cause I know I saw on the dashboard, it said dates, but that's, I believe that was the date whenever you first sent in the SKU. So if you've made, you know, five different replenishments over a year or something, right. it will track each one, I guess, to, to make sure that we're yeah, on absolutely. the right. Okay, That's perfect. right. The, the difference between uh, this date is when you have the listing added mm -hmm. into Amazon. That's where it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, we do recommend people to just uh, review their mins and max prices, especially yeah. the min price. The whole point is you want to make some more money like on the mm -hmm. side. That's why, yeah. that's why you're in this business. Yeah. And then um, the, the inventory age that is here, inventory age conditions yeah. or yeah. And that's going to be based on uh, when you sent in the shipment and Amazon will give us that. Uh, okay, that, cool. That number of days. Yeah. The last question too, and let's say you've got something that you have done multiple replenishments of, and one of those replenishments has been in over 60 days. And so you've got a conditional repricer that kicks it into the 60 day repricing strategy. But once those units sell out, will it automatically put it back to a typical repricing strategy? Or is, is that another condition you'd set up to do that? So let's say when inventory age is greater than 60 days for our um, training purpose, we just sell it at break even, okay, mm -hmm. at 0%, then it's going to check uh, by chronological order. And so you can set another when condition. So this is greater than 60 days. I can go in here uh, for the rest of my inventory. Uh, maybe it's less than 60 days. I can set it to a different rule okay, yeah, or a different price. So the system is going to first like the ASIN is going to check for the inventory that are over 60 days, then it's going to put it to that. Say you are less than that, mm -hmm. then it will switch to this rule. And then you can put it a default one when none of the above conditions are met. Um, well, well, usually, you know, this, this is, well, if it's less than over, then it's going to meet one of those conditions. But mm -hmm. let's assume you only had this, like when inventory is greater than 60 days, you set it to something. And for anything else that's lower than 60 days, uh, you could set it to a different rule. Okay, so technically yeah. we wouldn't need the second condition. Maybe you want to have it when it's greater than 30 days. You want to set it to something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, then for everything else, you can set it at like a profit booster or maybe you pick one of the, the, the match buy box price, like okay. rule base. Yeah, so yeah, Perfect. you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. 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 Yeah, I don't have any other questions then. This is, uh, there's, there's a lot of cool features that you have implemented. It's obvious that you talked to sellers and setting it up. So that's what's really exciting for me. And I think it'll, I know it'll help a lot of people because I've seen so many different, um, you know, I guess, testimonials for Be Cool from big sellers uh, and small ones too. You know, some of the, the newer sellers that have used it. So, well, Samuel, thank you so much for the time. It's been awesome. Uh, there, I can definitely see all the different features that you've put in here and see the fact that you've worked with a lot of different sellers to uh, build these features in because it, it definitely takes a seller's mindset to be able to come up with some of these different conditions and things that you've done. So I really appreciate it. Excited for, for how it'll help new sellers and experienced sellers alike. Um, I also want to say thank you. I know that you and Be Cool is, have put together a special offer for the my audience, for the people that I coach and train, uh, and it'll be at a, a specific link. So it's actually a bit.ly link. I use that for, for everything that I do. It's at bit.ly forward slash replens with an S be cool. But Samuel, can you please uh, let everybody know kind of what that special deal is? I'm really excited for it. We really appreciate your time to go through an overview of our uh, repricer and also telling us, you know, your real world scenarios. So if you use Jimmy's link, uh, we're offering a 30 day extended free trial. And usually this is a hundred dollars uh, per month, but you get to try it out for free for 30 days. And you don't even need your credit card. So it's super easy. And uh, test it out yourself and 
see if it's worth the investment. Uh, we believe it is. We look forward for you to join Be Cool and also make sure to use our onboarding webinar as well to get the best experience. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm pretty sure too, With so with that trial, it comes with the AI listings as well, right? Yes, yes. It gives you a thousand AI and also conditional repricing listings. A lot of sellers have between 200 to 800 listings and yeah, it, it, it's going to be working for you. Perfect. Thank you so much for, for agreeing to do this with me. Uh, you're a ton of knowledge. I'm sure that I'll get a bunch of questions too. Uh, and if anybody uh, on your side has questions on replans, I'm happy to, to get back on and discuss anything with you. And I'll bring you back on if I've got questions uh, from a Be Cool standpoint where we can go a little bit deeper. So um, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Samuel. Absolutely, Jimmy. And for our audience, for the Be Cool audience, uh, make sure to follow Jimmy Smith on his uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and of course, also, you know, take a look at his courses that he offers, including the proven Amazon courses. And for the people who make comments, who are action takers, right? Who comment on the video, uh, we might give out a number of free books from his newest book, which is a side hustle to full-time income. Um, and, and this is one of the best sellers on Amazon. And we might give out a free a number of uh, digital copies of this for the people who comment on this video. We look forward to seeing you on our next webinar, Jimmy. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, for anybody, since you mentioned my YouTube channel or my website, it's at Ask Jimmy Smith. So that's my handle on YouTube. And uh, my website is at askjimmysmith.com. So pretty easy. We've had over a thousand success stories come from that. So the free uh, ebook right now is being sold at uh, $24.99. So uh, we'll make sure to get a bunch of copies over to you. I'm excited for that. Thank you, Jimmy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Jimmy helps thousands of Amazon sellers to create income streams in addition to their normal jobs and then turn that into a full-time income using the replens business model. You might not be selling replens currently right now, but this type of product can be very profitable for you. You could also take these concepts and apply them to your repricing. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel for more Amazon knowledge and inspirational interviews from Amazon top sellers. We're Be Cool. We keep innovating to help you stay cool with your Amazon business. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to stay connected with our weekly new episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or any other streaming platform you prefer. Let's continue our journey to become the next Amazon top seller.